All right, let's get after it. Let's get right into it as well. Just an hour here on that betting show. It goes by quick, Julio. It goes by quick, man. Hope everybody is having a good week. Last week, of course, with Royals baseball, hope you got the podcast of that betting show. But here going forward, at least I think up until maybe Thanksgiving week, we should be live and local. The only live and local sports betting show in Kansas City every Thursday from 7 to 8. We're going to hand things off to the Chris Kleiman show coming up at 8 o'clock. We got Thursday Night Football kicking off here in uh, 15 minutes or so. I'll get some brief thoughts on that here momentarily. Browns, Steelers. And then coming up around 7.30, Brandon Anderson from the Action Network, an NFL writer for them, does great work. He's going to join me. We'll get his thoughts on the Chiefs and Colts and some line movement that's happened there. That's one point. It looked like the Chiefs maybe were going to be six and a half or seven point favorites. It's actually gone in the opposite direction. He'll give us his favorite plays for the weekend. Also, I'll get you caught up here on Missouri's legalization of sports wagering. Where are things at? You may have seen some headlines in the last uh, five to six days or so on what maybe is happening in Jefferson City. I'll get you caught up on that. And then also uh, a little story on the sports betting front involving DraftKings, one of the six sports books that right now are legal in the state of Kansas and a promotion that some of you maybe you, you took advantage of. And if you did, congrats, because you now... FanDuel, or excuse me, DraftKings is considering scratching that promotion. I'll explain exactly what that is, but it's for a good reason, at least if you've actually been able to, you know, take advantage of that. But I'm Alex Gold. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Gold. Of course, the Jay Southland Toe Service text line 913-586-7610. I got Julio Sanchez producing the show as well. But as I said, it goes by quick, so let's get right into it. Little thoughts on Thursday Night Football, then I'll get to the Chiefs. Uh, tonight, you got the Browns taking on the Steelers, and this is a Browns team that is a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. It's supposed to be kind of a cold, windy night. Tony Gonzalez looks like he's absolutely miserable out there during the Amazon Prime pregame, by the way. I know he's a California guy, uh, but it's not like it's 30 degrees. If he's gonna, if he's already freezing and it's 60 in Cleveland, it's only September, man. He's going to be in trouble. I'm sure they're going to Green Bay at some point in November or December. So anyway, uh, that's going on. I, I think this game, as certainly the line movement has also suggested, it's going to be kind of an ugly, low-scoring game. Now, sometimes, right, doesn't mean it always works that way, but that's where everything's trending. I know Barber, uh, who was on with players only, he put his parlay up on the board in here. I can see it over here. And he's got Pittsburgh-Cleveland over 38, along with Pittsburgh to win and a Nick Chubb touchdown. Um, I actually think if the number goes down to 37, uh, then you might want to start looking at the over. Uh, But earlier in the week, you could have got this game, the total for the game, 40. So under 40, you're sitting pretty good considering the line movement has suggested that a lot of people think that not only is the weather going to play a role tonight, but it's a short week Thursday night. It even resulted in a lower scoring Chiefs Chargers game from a week ago. You get the short week. And right now, both of these offenses and teams in, in general have some flaws, right? Specifically the offense of the Steelers. The Browns offense is actually seventh in the NFL right now. They have the seventh best offense in the NFL, and I feel like people are skewed to Cleveland a little bit uh, in a negative way based off of how that game on Sunday ended. We all saw the Jets. Hopefully uh, you watched. If you didn't, you missed out on, on a fun sequence there where the Jets came back on an onside kick, and, of course, Joe Flacco ends up leading them to a victory. Otherwise, we're talking about Cleveland being 2-0, and and I feel like everybody have a little bit different feeling, not long-term season long, but about this game. And then on the other side, you've got a Steelers team that Mitchell Trubisky looks like he's hanging on for dear life at this point for that starting quarterback job. I mean, if he has a bad performance tonight, you might see Kenny Pickett next week or the week after they get the, I think it's the Jets the following week. So 
that might be an opportunity. This is a big game if Trubisky wants to keep his job. I'll just tell you where I where I have some money on where I lean, uh, and then you guys can can tweet at me and tell tell me I'm wrong or not once the game gets over. That's usually how this goes. Uh, but I, I like Cleveland to win this outright. I have them in my survivor pick here at the station. It's double elimination, so I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk. So I have Cleveland to win outright against the Steelers, and I do have the under in this game. I got it at 39 and a half. That's why when we talk about closing line value, you see it down to 37 and a half now. Hopefully that was something you could take advantage of. And then the other bet I have is first half under 19. So I'm definitely all in on the idea of this game going under and being low scoring. If I can't catch the full game under, I do feel confident I can get the first half under 19. So that's where I'm at just on this, this Brown Steelers game. Don't want to spend too much time on, on that one. So many of you have probably already put in your bets, frankly. And a lot of you guys are, are checking out the podcast. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe uh, through Apple, wherever you get your podcast, it's listed there. So it's automatically will download as soon as it get posted like last week's episode. Uh, and if not, you can also, of course, get it through the Odyssey app as well or on 610sports.com. But let's talk Chiefs Colts, right? That, that's ultimately what we all care more about from a betting angle. Chiefs and Colts Sunday afternoon in Indianapolis. And there's been some line movement here and in the opposite direction, as I pointed out. So the Chiefs are five and a half point favorites. And I, I was earlier in the week mentioning to some people, and if you follow on the, the Discord channel for this show, you know that I had mentioned, hey, if this thing gets to seven, I like the Colts to cover. And there was some line moving that had bumped it up to six and a half in some spots, as Chiefs being six and a half point favorites. It's gone in the opposite direction to five and a half, which means other people were thinking kind of the, the similar fashion, which is, hey, maybe this, it, is the number getting too high here? to where you got to start looking at the Colts. Again, we're talking this from a betting angle. Do I think the Chiefs are winning this game outright? Yes, absolutely. Right? Weird things happen in the NFL, but do I think the Chiefs are winning the game outright? Yes. But do I think they cover? At five and a half, I feel comfortable. You start getting to six and a half or seven, and that's what the line movement dictated, and you start to see some money coming in on the Colts, and that's why this line is down to five and a half. Just a couple trends for your knowledge heading in to Sunday's game from a betting angle. So under Frank Wright... The Colts are 5-10-1 straight up and 7-8-1 in September. But Frank Wright has lost five straight games in September. On the flip side, we know Mahomes in September. It's the magic month. The Chiefs are 13-2 straight up and 9-6 and against the spread in September. So the trends will point you in the direction for the Chiefs, not the Colts. Anytime I bring up trends, I always remind you, use this for your own information and how you want to how you want to assess your, your bets. Some people lean into trends more. Just because something's a trend doesn't certainly doesn't guarantee anything. I like to factor in trends in my decision making when I'm making bets. But the interesting angle here, and I'm going to talk more about this with Brandon Anderson from the Action Network in about 20 minutes, is how much do you buy into Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator for the Colts? Why does that matter? Why does he matter? Patrick Mahomes has played Gus Bradley's defense seven times. Go back to his times with the Raiders. Gus Bradley used to be the defensive coordinator with the Raiders. Of course, also was with the Chargers. 17 touchdowns for Mahomes, just two picks against a Gus Bradley defense. A lot of coaches can be stubborn or arrogant maybe and, and aren't willing to adjust. Some do, some don't. Gus Bradley, when he plays Mahomes, has not done that. Is he willing to do it this time? He will not come out of his cover three looks a year ago when he played the the Chiefs played the Raiders. That was, of course, the story, right? Everybody was playing the Chiefs with two high safeties, and he still stuck with it, and Mahomes absolutely torched the Raiders. I understand it's different personnel out in Indianapolis with the Colts. 
But is he willing to adjust? Because this Colts defense and this Colts team has just been a disaster the first two weeks of the season. I don't think they could play much worse. You will likely see the best of the Colts on Sunday against the Chiefs. But the Colts defense has also given up a 72% completion rate to start the season. That's second second worst in the NFL. And those quarterbacks they faced, Davis Mills of the Texans, and then last week it was Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Trevor Lawrence is someone that everybody's still very high on, but obviously neither of those guys is Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's a huge deciding factor in this game and how, how confident do you lean into the angle of Gus Bradley when you're thinking about the spread? Not to the Chiefs to win, but do you think they're able to do enough to cover the five and a half? And how much does... Gus Bradley's style change or how much does it help him this go around actually with no Tyreek Hill because the Chiefs would beat them over the top when they had Tyreek Hill can they still do that if Gus Bradley plays the exact same way can the Chiefs still have the big explosive plays against Gus Bradley's defense so I I expect him to play very similar against Kansas City if he does I think that's great news for for the Chiefs and great news for the Chiefs to cover the five and a half some of you were smart, though, and were able to get that number last week. We talked about it on the midday show. Cody and Gold. Cody and I were talking about this last Friday that, hey, the look ahead line for the Chiefs, they were minus three and a half. They were three and a half point favorites if you would have bet on the Chiefs last Friday for this week's game. I know a lot of times you don't think until maybe Sunday morning, right? We're all guilty of this. Like Sunday morning, oh, I'm going to make my bets for the game. But there is a great advantage a lot of times in going ahead and looking at lines ahead of time. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a full week, but betting on Monday versus betting on Thursday. In this case, if you would have bet on the Chiefs last Friday, you're feeling great. You got them at three and a half. That number's not getting, that number's not going down to three and a half. And then if you waited on Wednesday, yesterday, and you bet on the Chiefs, well, you might have got them at six and a half. Well, today it's back to five and a half. So that's why it's, it's differing times to, to bet on certain spreads and keeping up with what's going on in live movement can be, can be very, very, very important. Prop bets are not available yet for this game. I was going to do a little, little props that I like for the Chiefs game, but it is a Sunday game. These usually uh, will not come out until Fridays. Some of the offshore books have them. Um, so we'll see where the yardage totals go for the Chiefs and where, what the over-under is for Mahomes' yardage total. I'll tweet some of that out tomorrow when those come out. The only thing I will tell you all season that I'm going to continue to do, and so far it's one and one However, if you get it at plus money, you'll take the one-and-one record, and that is Mahomes over two-and-a-half passing touchdowns. In week one, I told you guys that was something I was all over. You got it at plus 130, and he was well over two-and-a-half. Last week, did not throw for three touchdown passes, as we know, against the the Chargers, and it was still plus money. So you lost, but because you were plus money week one, you're still still all right. That is something. Anytime I get Mahomes over two-and-a-half passing touchdowns at plus money, I'm going to take it each and every game. So that'll be one I'll be looking for when that officially becomes available coming up uh, tomorrow as well. We're just getting started on that betting show coming up next, some betting trends through two weeks in the NFL and the Jayhawks are favorites against a power five school. Yes, that's a real thing. We'll take a look at that next year on 610 sports radio. That betting show with Alex gold Thursday, starting at 7 PM on 610 sports radio and the Odyssey app. All right, back here on That Betting Show. We'll be joined by Brandon Anderson of the Action Network coming up in about 10 minutes or so. We'll get some good insight, national perspective, and expert handicapper on the NFL action, including his thoughts on that Chiefs-Colts game and 
see if he agrees or disagrees on the Gus Bradley angle and how that could play a role and what Mahomes and really what this Chiefs team can do. Of course, we'll end the show as always with the Goldie Locks. We'll check in how we're doing in the NFL in college football and where our record's at on that. Four NFL picks, two NFL props, four college football picks. That's how we do it with the Goldie Locks to end the show. I'll give you an update on, on Missouri's legalization efforts for sports wagering in just a second, but a couple trends just heading into week two as week two is officially underway. We're about to kick off here in uh, the Thursday night football game between the Browns and the Steelers. Right now, underdogs are 12, 19, and one, just straight up outright. So if you're in a pick em contest, that's a number you're probably already aware of, but 12, 19, and one. But how about this? Underdogs, 18, 13, and one against the spread. So underdogs are, are 18, 13, and one against the spread. Those of you in survivor leagues have certainly experienced just those outright underdog type of wins last week and the first two weeks uh, have knocked out significant portions of people's survivor pool. And a lot of it has to do, of course, with, with those underdogs. People just, if it was so simple that you just picked whoever's the biggest favorite every week and just pick them for survivor. If it was only that simple, it doesn't work that way. Fortunately, that's why it's a lot of fun. Uh, and so we'll see how the next couple weeks go, but home dogs at home uh, underdogs are nine, five and one against the spread. And then probably the more interesting one, and it definitely plays a role into tonight's game. When I was talking about the total and how it was around 40 and it's down to 37 and a half. And the first half over under is 19 points in this Brown Steelers game is that unders are 22 and 10 so far, 22 and 10 to the under. So when you're looking at totals at some point, will there be a little bit of correction on that? Maybe this is the week for that, but unders are 22 and 10 through two weeks and unders in primetime are six and one. Does it get to seven and one tonight? That's certainly uh, what I am hoping for as, as based off of where we, we put some money on this game as a matter of fact. So those are just some trends every week. I'll get you caught up to date. Uh, we're just betting trends. It's always good to have in the back of your mind uh, when you're thinking about heading into the next week. It doesn't mean for sure that it's going to be an under week or an underdog week, but it just gives you an idea of where things have been on the first two weeks. I want to talk a little college football though. All three local schools in action this weekend, you'll have K-State taking on Oklahoma. The Wildcats are 12 and a half point underdogs. Uh, pretty much the consensus line, no matter what book you're looking at, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, you name it, that's pretty pretty much the consensus line at this point. The Missouri Tigers are taking on Auburn. The Tigers, anywhere from a seven to a seven and a half point underdog. Uh, during my uh, Goldilocks segment, I've got a, a play on that Missouri-Auburn game as well as this Kansas game. The Jayhawks are favorites against a Power 5 school. Have not been able to say that really in a long, long time. How long? Well, you got to go back to 2009. So the Jayhawks are seven and a half point favorites. They opened higher than that, eight, nine, nine at offshore books, as a matter of fact, against Duke on Saturday. It's the first time KU's been favored over a Power 5 program since November of 2009, and that was when they were one-and-a-half-point favorites against their in-state rival, the Kansas State Wildcats. That according to Action Network and Bet Labs. And this is also the, the, the closest prior to that that KU was a favorite was in 2018 against Rutgers, where actually KU opened as three-point favorites against Rutgers. They ended up closing as an underdog against Rutgers in that particular game. So the fact that they're favorites already is, is, is crazy in historical terms. And then... It's not just a one-point favorite, two-point favorite, three-point favorite. They are seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Duke Blue Devils, who are also 3-0. and And you may have caught the news today, KU announcing that it is officially a sellout on Saturday morning, 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah, you can get tickets on the secondary market and all that, but through KU, it is a sellout. That happens to be the first or second sellout in the last 13 years or so, and the first since 2019 also against the Kansas State Wildcats. So 
it is going to be a great atmosphere, the best atmosphere they've had in Lawrence in 10-plus years, really 13 years probably to be exact, because that's, let's be honest, that sellout in 2019 against K-State, a lot of K-State fans on that one. A lot of K-State fans. So this will be a true home atmosphere that really you haven't seen in Lawrence for a while. I am excited to, to head out uh, to Lawrence on Saturday morning to watch the Jayhawks. And you start looking ahead to you know, their schedule. They get Iowa State at home the following week and then TCU. Three straight home games. And what Lance Leipold has done is obviously un- unbelievable. It's still staggering, I think, for everybody to see the Jayhawks, though, as a you know as a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, right? It's just you're, not, you're, you're just simply not used to seeing that. One thing to keep in mind with this game from a betting angle is Duke, who's also 3-0, as I said, they've been outscoring their three opponents by a combined 45 to nothing in the first quarters of games. So how, how would you attack that perhaps for this game? Obviously, the spread is 7.5, but I think there's some live betting opportunity here. I also think there's some opportunities in the first quarter. We know Kansas, it's been kind of the opposite. Not for the half, but for the quarter against Houston. Even though they came back and won, they dug themselves a couple touchdown hole. We all saw the West Virginia game. Kansas dug themselves a big hole against West Virginia. They came back in both of those games, which is a great sign for a team if you're trying to back them in betting. But Duke typically jumps on their opponents, and Kansas usually gets jumped on in their first, these last two games against their opponents. So I think there's a, a potential live betting opportunity here. If Duke gets up 7 nothing or 10 nothing on the road at Lawrence... I think to me it's almost it's a, it's a must fire bet live bet for for Kansas based on what they've been able to do. On the flip side, if you're Duke, it's also an interesting angle if you're looking at first quarter betting options for this game and how perhaps you should attack that. Uh, I was going to pull up just where right now, and I'll just use as I always say, like it doesn't matter what book. In, in this case, on you can use whatever book you want to see and, and shop for the best line in in particular. But for the first quarter, let me just see where the first half and first quarter is at for the KU game and the betting market. So it's seven and a half for the game. Uh, if you take a look, let's see if we can't pull up first half here. So first half, uh, there's not a spread. Let's see, first half spread. Yeah, five and a half. Kansas for the first half, five and a half point favorites. Again, for the game, it is it is seven and a half. For the first quarter, Kansas is two and a half point favorites. Duke plus two and a half. If you believe in the track record of how Duke and KU have started, Duke at plus two and a half is a very interesting bet. However, Kansas... I expect them to be amped up and come out very quickly in this game and not have the slow start that they've been able to have uh, the last couple of games against Houston and against West Virginia, both on the road to open it up. But that's where, where some of the, the lines are at heading into this game. Uh, then also, I think if we're talking about the play of Jalen Daniels right now, unfortunately, at least on FanDuel, there's not a player passing yard prop available for him. There is for the quarterback, Riley Leonard of Duke. His is 235 and a half yards. Um, Surprise! there's not a number out there for Jalen Daniels at this point, but we all know he's been playing like one of the top 10 best quarterbacks in college football here in the first three weeks. And I expect that to continue against a Duke team. And I, I really do think Kansas is going to get to four and oh, uh, seven and a half and got to watch the hook there. Got to watch the hook at seven and a half. Obviously you'd like to have that number at six and a half or seven, um, but that's where maybe you consider a teaser possibility if you're confident and maybe you can put together a teaser to help you out. Uh, with that just a little bit. So the Jayhawks uh, taking on Duke on Saturday. As far as the Missouri-Auburn game, like I said, I've got to play in particular on that one. Uh, I'll tell you where I'm leaning when we get to the Goldie Locks. But up next, how about a little update on the Missouri legalization? Uh, we'll get to that still today on the show. And Brandon Anderson of the Action Network is going to join me, an NFL and NBA writer. We'll get the lowdown on his thoughts for his favorite plays in the NFL Week 3. 
That Betting Show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. All right, we're back here on That Betting Show, hanging out on a Thursday night. We're keeping our eye on Thursday night football as well. And, of course, we always wrap up the show with the Goldilocks heading into the NFL and college football weekend. But excited uh, to get an expert on with us right now from the Action Network. He's an NFL and NBA writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Wheat on Brando. It is Brandon Anderson from the Action Network. Brandon, great to have you on the show, man. And, uh, you know, this is still, for a lot of people listening, this is still pretty new in the Kansas City area. We're about three weeks or so into legalized sports betting. And so I think people have already uh, started to see that the NFL, even though that's the sport that is the most popular, uh, it's, it's the toughest sport to bet on. And it's tough because... Every half a number, every point the line moves is a big deal, especially in the modern football. There's so many points scored and so many late comebacks. No lead is safe, as we're seeing with, I think we had like three wild comebacks late last week on Sunday. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's an exhilarating ride on Sundays, especially you got the red zone up and games flying from every direction. And especially, you know, your local Chiefs, they're putting up the points, and it's always fun to bet on the home team. No doubt. And look, uh, especially, certainly in week one, it was, uh, it was beneficial for a lot of people we were, we were talking about. Hey, if, you, if you were just uh, a very casual better and you, have, you had never bet before and you just said, I'm going to bet on everything positive Chiefs in week one, you actually came out pretty, pretty nice. But I, I warned people, I said, that's just, if you do that every week, you're not going to have the same result, that's for sure. But in week one, at least, uh, folks just going with their heart uh, certainly fared pretty well. And then you look at the Chiefs, uh, Brandon, for this Sunday against the Colts. And right now the line's at five and a half in favor of Kansas City. And uh, you and I were texting yesterday as well. I, I thought this line maybe had a chance, because it was six, six and a half, had a chance maybe to get up to seven, but it's gone in the completely other uh, direction here. Are you surprised by some of the line movement? I'm a little surprised, but I think this is kind of setting up as a pros versus Joes game. And here's what I mean by that. The, the Joes are some of these, some of the folks at home that are just looking and saying, hey, man, the Colts are terrible. The Colts can't beat anyone. They didn't beat the Texans. They didn't beat the Jaguars. This team is cooked. And then the Chiefs are great. Obviously, we know Patrick Mahomes and the boys can put up the points. And so it just feels like an easy decision. And a lot of the money is coming in, though, on the other side. The situational spot for Indianapolis is key here because the Colts are in their home opener. And Indianapolis has that dome. They're much better at home. Matt Ryan always has been much better at home. So the Colts have looked bad in part because they've played in two other teams' home openers. So now that flips in their favor. This is also a spot in week three. I call this kitchen sink week. If you are a winless team after the first two weeks, your odds of making the playoffs already are 11% since 1990. The Colts think they're a playoff team. They do not expect to go down to 0-2-1. And and they don't care if it's the Chiefs coming to town. They are going to be ready for this game. Jonathan Taylor and their running attack is very strong. So we know with the Chiefs, that can be a tough matchup. Teams that can run the ball and keep Pat on the sidelines. So I think that's the case for the Colts. And that's the case that a lot of sharp money is coming in as a lot of pros are betting the side for Indianapolis. I don't know if I can get there, though. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I, if it got to seven, I was going to take the Colts uh, to cover the seven points. At five and a half, I, I lean Kansas City. At this point, it's it's not a game I've, I've put down money on yet. I want to see still where, where this line in, ends up settling 
And I think it's interesting, everything you mentioned about the spot that the Colts are in. And then also, uh, we talked here on our midday show locally, just kind of looking at uh, Gus Bradley, who's the defensive coordinator for the Colts, who was the defensive coordinator for the Raiders. And yep. how, how stubborn is he? Is he willing to change? Because when he ran that defense out in, in Las Vegas, and I understand he's got different personnel, but with what he ran, he you know that, that was an effective defense for Patrick Mahomes time and time again. Every defensive coordinator has learned that you don't want to blitz Patrick Mahomes, you don't want to go just cover three all game long, but that's kind of what Gus Bradley did with the Raiders. If he does that again, uh, then I love, the, I love the Chiefs' chances to cover. Yeah, and Gus Bradley, the man is very stubborn. <laughs> like He does what he does, and he just does it to a fault. A thing to be careful, though, as I thought this one through, because I was all set on that angle, too. I have in my notes, probably has to be Colts if it passes seven, and I have in my notes, beware Gus Bradley versus Pat Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing, though. Part of what they did against Gus Bradley last year was just beating them over the top with speed and Tyree Kill. And we saw that happen last week, just not for the Chiefs anymore. So I, I actually don't mind Kansas City's receiving group now. Travis Kelsey is still there. And I like what we've seen from, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster and Marcus Valdez-Scantling. I think they have a more rounded core now, and they can do a few more things. The Chiefs clearly, we saw last year, a lot of too high safety. And that's kind of the newer defense as teams are saying, okay, these quarterbacks like Mahomes and Josh Allen, they're taking the top off and they're beating us down the field. We're going to make them grind out these drives. The Chiefs are good at that now. That's what they've responded to with the way they built the team. And we've seen that. But the Colts defense is a, is a one deep safety the way to beat the Gus Bradley defense is with that deep ball, and that was Tyree Kill and isn't anymore. So I don't know necessarily that the Bradley angle is enough, but the Colts' pass defense has really struggled here. Uh, on early downs especially, they've been one of the worst defenses in the league against the pass. Early downs tend to be a better indicator of long-term success. And the Chiefs, as we know, are one of the pass-heaviest teams in the league. So... This, for me, I think is probably a spot I'll mostly stay away from. I lean toward the Chiefs here. I wouldn't if the line got up to seven like we talked about. Uh, but it's a spot where I like the matchup for the Chiefs, but I like the situational spot for the Colts. Uh, if anything, if you are watching this game live, I think that there's a pretty solid spot that the, the Colts start out well here. You got that 0-2 feeling or 0-1-1 in their case. You got the home crowd and the home opener. You start out, you march down and get the early score, maybe an early lead. One of my favorite spots, like put a siren on it, Patrick Mahomes as a live underdog or even close to it, just give me the money line and let the Chiefs try to go get the win. We talked about the line. With betting, you also have to bet the number, not just the team. And if you play this one live, you might be able to get the Colts with that early lead and the home advantage and then play a little better number on the Chiefs. So I think that would probably be the best angle. I like it as we're talking to Brandon Anderson, NFL and NBA writer for the Action Network. And and the the other thing I think for for the Chiefs and a lot of Chiefs fans here in the area when sports betting was legalized was they're taking a look at that MVP race and depending on what book you're looking at, Mahomes is a 5 to 1 now, Josh Allen's uh you know about plus 270. Uh Mahomes was eight to one, nine to one, right when it was legalized here locally, and then even uh, one book in particular did a boost for about a week or so of fifteen to one. I know you had an article out before this season, uh, really uh, liking Mahomes' chances to win MVP. 
uh, as did I. Uh, what do you make now, though? It's just two weeks, but what we've seen from both Allen Mahomes and, in general, this MVP race. Yeah, I mean, I think if you got your money in on Mahomes at that 8 or 9-1 to one or that poor book that gave up the 15-1, to one, they they are a really rough spot now. Mahomes has looked great. you got to feel pretty good about your ticket if you got it. That was my play. That was my top awards play of the whole preseason was Patrick Mahomes 9-1 to one for MVP. Like, MVP is not just about numbers. It's about narrative. And for once, there is narrative for Pat Mahomes. We do this thing with MVP where – the guy is really good, and we get hyped. Mahomes' first season, wow, he's great. Let's give him the MVP. And then after a couple of years after that, we're like, yeah, okay, well, we already saw that. Now who's good? Oh, Lamar Jackson is really good. Oh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are good again. And I think now there's been a bit of enough time with Mahomes, and this year we can look and say, wow, really? Even with Tyreek Hill gone, they're still that good of a team. They're still firing in all cylinders. They're still scoring all those points. Huh. I guess it was really that dude Patrick the whole time. So you like that narrative angle because voters tend to bet narrative. The Chiefs need to win a lot of games for him to be MVP. Well, we're off to a good start there. Mm -hmm. Winning that game against the Chargers, that's a big one. That's a big early win for them. And, you know, it's a tough schedule for the Chiefs. They still play the Bills, the Rams, the Niners, Bengals, Colts. They still have that division. So there's going to be a lot of tough games here. I don't know that I would recommend going out and grabbing that four or five to one ticket right now. I think you're kind of buying high. But there's going to be spots this year. The Chiefs will lose a game. You know, I'll go on a limb and say they're not going to go 17 and 0. And after they lose a game is when you want to maybe see if you can get Mahomes at 6-1 to one or 7-1, to one, you know, or a week where Josh Allen really looked good, then that could be a good spot for it. And uh, I forget when the Chiefs do play the Bills. Yeah, the 16th of October key. coming up. Okay, so that will be a really key MVP spot because for, for me right now, Allen and Mahomes have really separated themselves from the field. It's those two, and then a lot of the other guys expected to be contenders Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert is injured now. Those guys have fallen back. Right now it's Allen and Mahomes against the field, and you would rather have just Allen and Mahomes. So that's going to be a big MVP showdown sort of day. And uh, when we get to that one, you know, the line I'm sure will be very close. It might actually be smarter to play Mahomes as an MVP for that game as kind of a sneaky way to play the money line because whoever wins that one, We'll have the leg up on the one seed, and MVPs usually come from the one seed, and that's a good spot for Mahomes if they get there. All right, Brandon, let's take a look at some of this week three slate. Obviously, as we're talking, we've got some Thursday night football and these primetime unders, six and one so far. Do you do you feel like that going into tonight's game uh, going to continue? I love the under on this game tonight. It's windy, it's rainy, it's gross. I mean, close your eyes and picture Steelers-Browns and you are expecting this nasty, muddy, windy, gross game. It's Mitchell Trubisky and Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. <laughs> there are all sorts of trends here that point to an under. Mike Tomlin, the Steelers coach on the road, 58% unders for him. Mitch Trubisky, when the total is low like this, 76% under. You talk about the primetime unders. If you just look back in recent years, Thursday night games when the line is 37 to 40 and we're at about 38 right now and dropping when the line is in that range thursday night unders are 18 3 and 1 so 86 percent of the time hitting that under there 
So I love this one. I think we're going to get one of those nasty classic Thursday night games, a 13 to 12 or a 16 to 13. Get your field goals when you can, but even those could be tough with the wind. Staying in the AFC North, though, a little bit later on this weekend, of course, it's the 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals. They're taking on the Jets. Bengals five-point favorites in this game. I think this is an interesting one because naturally I think we all are thinking, like, how can this Bengals team with this talent drop to 0-3 with losses to the Steelers, a Cooper Rush Cowboys team, and then potentially Joe Flacco in the Jets? What about the spread here, though? Is this finally the spot where we see the Cincinnati Bengals from a year ago step up? I think it is. I think this is a really good spot for the Bengals. You know, I'm sure as your your new batters are learning, it's all about buy low and sell high. And I think this is a great spot to do both of those things. The Jets were selling high because the Jets had that big comeback on Sunday, and suddenly it's like, oh, wow, the Jets great against the, the Browns. They, they did the job. Well, so they kind of stunk for 58 minutes and then caught a few bounces at the end. And the Bengals were buying low. The Bengals are 0-2 Super Bowl team from a year ago or from earlier this calendar year. And so this line, I think, I expected this line would be above a touchdown. It's rising a little bit, but you can still get the Bengals as a five or six-point favorite. I mentioned earlier kind of the idea of a kitchen sink spot. So these teams that are 0-2 in week two, they got to pull out everything. They got to pull out everything but the kitchen sink. You got to do anything you can to get that first win. And that's the Bengals. They're unexpectedly 0-2. They're actually with a stack called DVOA. That's a good way to measure uh, offense and defense and that sort of thing. The Bengals are dead last on offense right now. That's bad. That's really bad. We did not expect that from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Here's the good news. The Jets are dead last on defense. And that makes this a really good get-right spot for the Bengals. And I think Burrow will dial up the deep ball here. The Jets' secondary is beatable. And uh, Cincinnati has covered the spread in 16 of their last 17 wins. So unless you think the Bengals go down to the Jets here, which I don't think they will, then we have to expect they'll finally get off the schneid and get that first win. Brandon Anderson, NFL and NBA writer for the Action Network. Give him a follow for all that insight. Plenty more of it on his Twitter account, at Wheat on Brando, of course, his work for the Action Network. Thanks so much, man, for the insight. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Go Chiefs. <laughs> you got it. There you go. And as we were talking to, to Brandon there as well, of course, keep an eye on Thursday Night Football and Amari Cooper getting the Browns on the board first. If you had first touchdown score, Amari Cooper, you're feeling really good uh, heading into uh, the rest of this game. In fact, uh, our boss here, Steven Spector, just tweeted at me. He says, Cooper, first touchdown, 11 to 1. Had a risk free promo bet over at BetMGM, and he hit it at 11 to 1. So, nice little payday and hit there for those of you, including our boss, that had Amari Cooper to score the first touchdown. I like that result as well. I need Cleveland in Survivor League. I need Cleveland Money Line. I also like the under. So, a nice start to Thursday night football. When we come back, the Goldilocks here on That Betting Show. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Back here on That Betting Show. Thanks again to Brandon Anderson from the Action Network for giving us some insight for week number three NFL action. 
Again, keep an eye on Thursday Night Football. 7-0 into the first quarter. Browns have the lead. Amari Cooper with the touchdown catch. Although, an unbelievable catch on this drive for the Steelers heading into the second quarter by George Pickens. Uh, I'm not even joking. It was Odell-esque. The catch? Yeah, very, very close to that Odell catch from George Pickens. It's a first and goal for the Steelers uh, heading into the second quarter. As you guys know, we wrap up that betting show always with the Goldilocks. Four college football games, four NFL games, plus two props each week in the NFL. You can uh, fade or follow. I'll give you an idea where we're at so far in the NFL and in college football. For the NFL right now, four and four on spread picks and three and one on props. So 500 on the picks, three and one on props. Obviously hope we can get above 500 this week on the spread picks. Liking our nice start though for the props. For college football, that's where we'll start. Seven and eight overall. We dipped below 500 after last week, unfortunately. So seven and eight overall. Let's get back above 500 here again. Fade or follow. First Goldilocks, Air Force minus 23 and a half against Nevada. I've actually watched way too much of Nevada football this year, including the lightning delay in their game against Iowa last week. That game didn't get over to like 1.30 in the morning. They lost to Iowa 27 to nothing. This Nevada team just flat out sucks. Guess that Iowa that can't score still put up 27 on Nevada. They're not any good. Air Force is going to run the ball all over the Wolfpack. Nevada is top 50 in rushing defense, but they haven't faced a top 100 rushing offense. They're going to certainly see that from Air Force. I like Air Force minus 23 and a half against the Wolfpack. Let's go to the Big 12. Baylor taking on Iowa State. The Baylor Bears two and a half point underdogs. I like them to cover the two and a half and also a sneaky underdog uh, money line parlay prop uh, bet we'll, we'll put together as well. Or not prop bet. We'll just put together a money line parlay, I should say. Uh, Baylor should have won at BYU a couple weeks ago. They handled themselves, though, well in that crazy environment. Baylor beat Iowa State last year. I already mentioned Iowa. Well, Iowa State barely beat that Iowa team by three points against them. Keep an eye out on an injury in the secondary for the Cyclones. And here's a trend that favors the Bears and helps with your decision-making, maybe to back me on the Bears, the Bears plus two and a half. Iowa State just one in five against the spread in their last six home games against a team that has a winning record. The Bears do have a winning record. Next college game for the Goldilocks, Texas A&M and Arkansas under 48 and a half points. The Aggies only have 31 points in two games against FBS opponents combined. This game was 20 to 10 last year. A&M still is starting a quarterback in Max Johnson, who's making his second start for the Aggies. I think they'll struggle to deal with an elite pass rush there for Arkansas. I also lean Arkansas in the game, as a matter of fact, as two and a half point dogs to win this one outright and cover the two and a half. My last college pick, a local flair here in the SEC. Auburn taking on the Missouri Tigers. Auburn minus seven and a half. Finley is hurt for Auburn, shoulder injury. I still expect Auburn, though, to lean on that run game and have success against Missouri. We all saw how Missouri fared against Kansas State and Deuce Vaughn on that offensive line. While it's not nearly the dominant offensive line that we saw from the Wildcats, two weeks ago, K-State was able to average 5.7 yards per carry. I think Tank Bigsby, who's rushed over 1,000 yards last season, over six yards per carry so far this year, will run all over the Missouri Tigers. Give me Auburn, minus 7.5. That's the Goldilocks for college football let's shift over to the nfl and start with the baltimore ravens they are two and a half point favorites at new england look i understand the comeback from Tua and the dolphins in the fourth quarter that was ridiculous they choked 
Tua, give them a lot of credit, but the Ravens were dominating the Dolphins for much of that contest. Lamar Jackson looked like MVP Lamar Jackson for much of that game. The Ravens' defense was the concern. Good news, you're going up against Mac Jones and the Patriots' offense. I like the Ravens, minus the two and a half. Next one, how about the Rams? Minus three and a half at Arizona in this game. I think they got back on track. The freak out against the Bills, you know what? Maybe the Bills are just that damn good. And that offensive line for the Rams got some things sorted out this past week. I know the Falcons made it interesting late, but the Rams controlled that game from start to finish. I like them on the road at Arizona to cover the three and a half. Arizona was down 20 to Las Vegas before the Raiders allowed them back in that game and a huge, perhaps season-type saving win for the Cardinals. But no, 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 I'm not all of a sudden jumping on the Cardinals bandwagon. Last one, as I forgot, we only do three NFL picks plus the props. Dolphins plus six at Buffalo. With Buffalo, Super Bowl favorite for a reason. I like the Dolphins, though, considering what they showed me in the fourth quarter to cover at six. Keep an eye on the number here. If it goes below six, do not bet the Miami Dolphins. But if it's six, six and a half, if you're really lucky earlier in the week, I like the Dolphins plus the six. Two prop bets in the NFL. Devontae Adams, over 78 and a half receiving yards. It's minus 125 over at uh, FanDuel. He had just 12 yards on two catches last week. Guy's still got seven targets. They get to go up against the Titans defense who have given up 408 yards and four touchdowns to wide receivers. A big chunk of those to Stephon Diggs last week in Buffalo. But Adams is getting targets. He's accounted for almost 45% of the Raiders' passing yards. I love Devontae Adams over 78.5 receiving yards. And the last one, Michael Pittman. Anytime touchdown versus the Chiefs at plus 150. In week one, nine targets. Uh, nine of his 13 targets for 121 yards and a touchdown. Missed last week with that quad injury. All signs pointing him to play on Sunday. And look, this is still a very young Chiefs secondary. Those are the Goldilocks fade or follow heading into week three of the NFL season, another college football weekend as well. Thanks to Julio Sanchez, as always, for producing the show. If you missed any of it, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts to That Betting Show. You can download the Odyssey app. You can check it out on 610sports.com as well. Let's go make some money this weekend. That betting show with Alex Gold. Thursday starting at 7 p.m. on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.